Welcome to the elephant in the room. My name is Watop. My name is Maggie. My name is Sarah. My name is Esteban. My name is Cindy. And let's talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about climate change. Climate change is, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Climate change is a huge discussion in today's world. And we're, uh, we're going to be talking about it today. All the different aspects of it, um, problems, initiatives to help, and ways to become more informed on it and let others know. All right, so you want to focus on animals first. How about we talk about globally how animals all around the world have been affected by climate change? Well, if we look at the Arctic, you know, the ice caps, they're melting. So the environment for the polar, uh, polar bears and all the other Arctic animals, they're losing their habitat. So I don't, I don't know what y'all think about that. I mean, I think it's really bad that... Um the they're losing their homes um, because it's just a bunch of animals. It's not just like mostly we know polar bears, but there's like other animals like whales um, because of the ice caps melting. Maybe the water's getting warmer there. Um, what do you guys think? Some people might argue that they can become vulnerable and actually adapt to the environment. Like so, for those people that believe that climate change is not real, what do you think that, in their perspective, what should they do if um, they believe that they, animals are becoming ad- adapted to the climate change? I mean, it's true. Like, some animals, like, do adapt. We all adapt. Um, but it takes, like, a lot of time. It takes years and years to actually evolve and get used to different environmental um, hazards, as well as any biological hazards. Um, So while it's true they adapt, um, they're not going to adapt immediately, so it's still a threat. Right. And as much as we want them to adapt, if this is really going to become a significant issue and we can't stop it, like that's not what they were created to be. They were not created to be different than what they are right now. I know just like on Instagram or Twitter, you can just scroll down and sometimes you'll just come across like pictures and videos of polar bears, especially in the Arctic. And it's like, I mean, they look so sad and just they don't understand like what's happening to them. I mean, and and how are we supposed to help when we're just videoing it and liking something on a screen? Why aren't we doing something about it? It's something I see about it. I mean, it's not also the polar animals. It's also... Uh, corals and marine life as you know in the Pacific Islands they rely mainly the fisheries they rely mainly on corals so as the climate um, global warming keeps going on uh, the effects of coral bleaching will allow the fish to move out and then die eventually we also see another example with the fires in the Amazon that happened recently Um, I mean that affected the koalas and the kangaroos um, I mean, that destroyed a big part of their habitat. think you mean Australia. Australia. <laughs> but, but... That's okay. Um, there were also a lot of animals affected in the Amazon fires that happened, I think that was in the summer. Um, yeah. uh, basically, and it's also, there were also, besides animals, there were people, indigenous, there yeah. were indigenous yeah. tribes um, who live in the Amazon who are getting affected by the wildfires. I'm and refusing that's a, to leave as well. Yeah. And that's a really big effect from any, like, bushfires. And 
It's also, there's been rumors that these fires, both in the Amazon and Australia, were, like, intentional, intentionally started, as well as natural causes. Because every year, Australia, like, does have bushfires yeah. because of the heat. It's natural. But the amount it, it was was just absurd. What yeah. do you guys think the economy is going to look like if all of these animals die and they become weak and there's more diseases going on, going on because of this and what will happen to the indigenous life? And would we have to adapt to not buy as much uh, clothing that has animal uh, content on? I think that we'll first see it a number of exports and imports just go down because of, you know, food resources, um, you know, the the clothes resources for people's pleasure pretty much of clothes. Um, But then we'll also see just, like, tourism go down because um, I know especially I follow somebody that goes on cruises in the Antarctic and they pay to see all these animals and, you know, provide a, a source for people here in Springdale or, you know, in New York or whatever to see these animals and see how they're living. And if all of these animals start going away, then how are they going to provide a source to us to show what they're going through right now? Um, down in Australia and in, in the Pacific, we see ocean acidification, like Watok said, um, that's just a huge thing. People go and see the Great Barrier Reef, and then you show up, and it's white. Why? Because of us. We we did that, and people don't understand that. Yeah. There is that There is that natural um, ocean acidification. It happens once in a while, but it's been exacerbated by the fact that there's been human pollution and dumping of oil and garbage into the ocean, whether by accident or on purpose. Um, I just think it's really bad because ocean acidification, it not only bleaches corals, which is a habitat, but also a living creature, but it also breaks down shells and other living creatures like, um, crustaceans. So if they did have like an exoskeleton sort of before, um, after ocean acidification, it would be completely gone and they would die. Yeah. And the Arctic, we're also seeing the indigenous people being affected um, because the animals are losing their habitats. And I mean, that's where they mostly for many years been getting their food from is from these animals in the Arctic. And with um, all the mining going down and the seismic blasting, I mean, it's destroying their their habit, the animals habitats. And it's it's forcing these indigenous people to source food somewhere else. Um, That was a good point. Actually, that leads into kind of our next point, um, kind of the global view, because indigenous people, um, they do experience a lot more problems than us. They do, for sure. Um, They definitely have a lot of problems, um, more so, like you said, the seismic blasting. So I know that's particularly significant in the indigenous, like different indigenous tribes in Canada, um, because on the coast, they do um, most of their like hunting and gathering and they can't do that because animals are either being killed or just being scared away by seismic blasting because it really affects them. Um, that's that's because whales especially, and I know seals, use sonar to kind of feel their way around. 
Um, but because of how loud seismic blasting is, it really hurts them. Um, so that's like one effect on the broad view. And then, so it's really affecting humans as well because, well, the food chain's going to be affected. And then there's also the environmental disasters that are happening more. Um, what do you guys think about that? I think it's, yeah, I think it's very relevant. And it's not just indigenous people. We we sometimes fail to, like, remember that it affects here. Um, just, like, our own towns and um, our family. I know, I know, Watak, you have something to say about that, don't you? Oh, yeah. So um, in the Marshall Islands, we tend to migrate, not tend, but... We are migrating to the United States for higher elevations and some would say uh, job opportunities, educational opportunities, but really they're scared of climate change because some of them live like near the ocean and the rising of sea levels will scare them off the land. And eventually, you know, scientists say in the next 30 years, the whole entire Pacific Islands, small nations will be submerged underwater. It's very important to note that, as Watuck was saying about those small nations, how many contributors to waste in the water will influence that level to go up and ruin people's lives in order them, for them to migrate and apply as refugees to the United States or um, other, other countries that allow um, refugees in. And not only are the lives impacted by um, adaptation to like just su- to sustain the climate, but also you have to look at um, uh, financial insecurity and food security and a lot of the quality of water because if the sea level rises, well, you have a lot of um, salt in the in the ocean, and well, there's not going to be enough uh, access to clean water the quality water to drink. Yeah, I, see, I feel like the U.S. especially is seeing more climate refugees. Um, and it also depends on how you define refugee. Like, usually you see them, oh, they're coming from another country into a different country. But we have climate refugees from within the U.S. Like, um, for example, Hurricane Katrina. That was in 2005. But it's affected so many people because you would see especially in Springdale, people would move in yeah. Um, yeah. from that hurricane. And it's happened before with all these increasing environmental disasters, which are being caused by the ocean warming or sea level rise because the warm and cold currents that interact that shouldn't be interacting sometimes, um, they start like a whirlpool. So I just think it's really significant because you kind of can view, I guess, climate change with a distant eye, that doesn't happen here. But really, when you actually think about it, you can see it wherever you really are. Yeah, I know um, we went on a field trip a couple of weeks, like couple months ago, and Watak and I were, were talking about, you know, the ongoing crisis in the Marshall Islands as well as other Pacific Islands. And he kind of told me about this YouTube video about um, Kiribati, correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I watched this, like, 45-minute, hour-long documentary about just their lifestyle that they're going through right now. And it showed just like, these kids that are so carefree, don't have, you know, a, a care in the world because they're kids. That's what kids are supposed to do. And um, it showed this one girl and how she was living on um, on pretty much her beach 
um, in her private island, as Wadok would probably put it. But um, she was talking about whenever, like, the tides would get higher and stuff, she has to move all of her house, like, back a couple of feet because of the rising waters. Um, and and uh, I, I just, I can't imagine... Like we don't we don't see that here where we live currently because there's no beach ocean anywhere around us, but you know it's just I don't know it's just so it's so terrifying and yeah 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 I think we I think that's really significant um, and I just also think that we've talked a little bit about people moving from these climate things but what are like maybe some other local things that we notice with climate climate change that maybe you didn't notice before but were different maybe five ten years ago snow days <laughs> yeah that's yeah, a big yeah. no snow days <laughs> what 2009 a huge ice storm 2019 yeah, there was, was an nothing. actual blizzard there were no 12, school, snow days nothing 12 feet of snow and there hasn't been a snow day since yeah. at all yeah. there's like there's been snow but it's never it's never stuck. Or they'll call off school and <laughs> will there actually be snow? Nope. There, and there's not even ice either. Um, yeah. I, I think another local view is just, you know, the whole Marshall Islands. Um, Population increasing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because we'll hear teachers at our school who went to Springdale High School in the 80s and it was, yeah, it was it was an, an all-white population. And now that they're teaching there, it's... That, uh, White people are a minority at our school because yes. we have so many refugees coming into our school that are trying to escape the climate crisis going on in their home countries where they've lived for their entire lives. Yeah, I will have to say that Springdale is a lot more diverse. I think 51% of Springdale High School's population is Hispanic. 56. And 56%? 56% um, Hispanic, 20% Pacific Islander, um, 4% Asian, 4% black and then whatever's left over is the white <laughs> yeah yeah so you can definitely see it's very diverse which i get that's definitely a benefit but then when you think about why these like why the pacific islanders especially are coming here it's really sad because well, it's like i wouldn't say it's um for climate refugee purposes but not all the time but for yeah. some people yeah, it is you could sure. say it's definitely like job opportunities or educational yes. opportunities and but it's also sad that you have to leave your yeah. home. The truth is, yeah. is that people are leaving for whatever reasons. And for sometimes it is because their houses are being flooded or their their countries are, you know, just starting to become overwhelmed with the different climate crises. I think it's sad that people have to leave their homes in order to survive and adapt because, like, even with the... Marshallese population, like, many people are proud of where they came from, and to be from a foreign country, I mean, that has a big deal because you have your cultural uh, identification, but seeing everything that's going on with climate change, you can you can easily see that all your history, all your cultural um, things that are important to you, they're going to be gone soon if we don't preserve them and uh, make them travel to the United States, but at the same time, it just forces people to kind of just have an impact on what they strongly um, find important from their cultural background. Yeah, I think that's 
really important. So maybe we can move on to like some initiatives to help there. Like, how can we help preserve culture? How can we help? How can how are other countries starting to, you know, pass laws and do new things to try to help their countries? I feel like the older population is kind of pressuring the younger society to come up with a way. And honestly, I don't feel like um, like baby boomers are really doing enough, but actually increasing the amount of uh, just uh, carbon emissions that we're getting to the globe. Uh, but millennials and uh, Gen Z and um, Gen Alpha, I feel like they have the most pressure into actually save the world. How about this? Let me give you um, a point of view. So we classify ourselves with the generations and stuff, but here's a one threat of climate change. So the United States conducted 67 nuclear bombs in the Marshall Islands, right? And they stored them in a dome where they gather all the contaminants in the dome. And due to climate change and rising of sea level, it's causing that dome to crack, a concrete dome to crack. So if that dome cracks, it's, it's going to affect the whole world, not general classification. It's going to affect all of us. So let's talk about something, something of how we can prevent climate change from wreaking havoc and generating the way it's generating, you know? How can we prevent climate change? I mean, the point there is people say, oh, it's too drastic, you can't do drastic legislation. But the point is we've let it get so far that we have to have drastic legislation. We have to have nationwide and global agreements in order for this to actually work. Because the dome is already cracking. Mm -hmm. Like, waste is already starting to leave that, the dome. And I just, there needs to be ways to help with that. Like, when there was that scare, um, oh, when was it? With the ozone layer in right. 19, oh, it was, I think the 1980s, maybe. Maybe the 1970s. But um, because from aerosol can sprays and stuff, they fixed it. Because people were so scared, they actually fixed it and the ozone layer healed itself. So, and people are saying, oh, we can't, we can't do that. It's too much. How can we help? Well, you see, we fixed it then. We can clearly fix it now. Right. There's ways. So, we, it really just, there's different ways. You have to think about what part you want to focus on. We have to focus on using less pollutants and handling our pollutants better reusing things, um, recycling, and then also just having better recycling programs. China's stopped accepting, like, our recyclables, so you know what? We need to take initiative and create our own way and have our own things to be able to recycle or just reuse things, just washing out containers at home and just reusing them again. Yeah, I think one continent we can look for, um, look to for advice is Europe. Um, I went there this summer. They had like seven recycling bins. I, I'd never seen that. We have one at our house, and you just throw everything in there, and then I guess somebody else sorts it. I, I mean, I don't know how Springdale works. I know other places around here, but in Europe, they had everywhere we went, um, one for paper, one for plastics, one for this, one for that, one for that, one for compost. I mean, how many people here compost? 
I mean, my I grandma, do. I don't. My yeah. grandma does. <laughs> I do, but we it's because we got a compost bin pretty much like yeah. for free. Yeah. But it's also hard. You have to really keep up with it. Yeah. And it's also just sure. making something a habit will definitely help um, because and using more fresh vegetables because that's a way. Because if you don't use fresh vegetables, what is the point of having compost? What are you going to put in there? Well, and ultimately, you, like, fresh you can, vegetables you can are put, healthier. So. You can put <laughs> tissues in there. You can put, like, paper towels and paper. But the thing is, like, like fresh vegetables, fresh fruits actually help it compost better. Yeah. Um, so one thing that one, – one country that's really started to crack down on, you know, their emissions is the Netherlands. Uh, their Supreme Court met um, in January, I think – to decide that they were going to cut their CO2 levels um, down by 20% within the next year. And then even beyond that, they're trying to make it to like 2050, I think is the correct year, um, to start lowering it even more, 50%, or to have it all the way gone. I think that we just don't really make drastic measures like that here in the United States. And it's kind of a back burner on the minds of some people that have the higher authority to just start forcing people. I mean, in all reality, just like, you know, start making a change in our climate change. I um, think um, another way we could help big uh, drastically is um, the way we use our energy and uh, the amount of energy we use. I mean, we're used to using um, oil, coal, all this stuff that pollutes the air and just just keeps polluting the earth. Um, but there's other ways um, that, like, for example, wind energy or solar energy, um, these things aren't put out there for, like, everybody. I mean, they are, but most people don't take it into account and see how much it can actually help because um, maybe they say it's too expensive or... Um, um, they don't know how they don't have the resources or they don't know the people to put it in. But really, um, I mean, you can just reach out. Um, we know a lot of people that can get you connected and helping you with the with your home, um, get this set up for you. Um, I mean, that's just another way that um, you can help. Yeah, I think that's really important. Like another renewable form of energy is hydroelectric, um, like dams, especially. Um, they do help with less pollution because it's a way to get that clean energy without actually polluting the air or the water around us. And the point is that we're really not, if we keep going like this, we're not really going to have any clean air or water. And it's like, do you really want to drink dirty water? Because you kind of have to think about it that way in order to help. But it, I just think it's really important because also with wind energy, you go, like, if you're road tripping, maybe you go into Texas. Texas especially has so many wind farms. And a lot of people are like, oh, they're an eyesore. They look ugly. But the point is, the planet's going to look ugly if you don't actually focus and help. So they're actually benefiting us. Yeah, I think it's people's uh, perspectives are wrong. Do we... You know, um, I don't know, the whole, the whole, oh, we have to have pretty stuff. That doesn't really make sense to me. Maybe it's because I'm a little bit different than most people, but <laughs> I would much rather have an earth for, like, my grandchildren to play on than um, not have something. I feel like we honestly need a way to communicate our energy forms. You know, all I know as a source of energy 
is the electric company. You know, like, that's all I know that we have in Springdale. Or the Ozark Electric or um, just just those companies that just rely on one source of energy. But if we start, like, promoting um, these other um, companies that do, like, solar energy or um, hydro energy and use all those sorts of energies, I feel like uh, maybe we can have a way to reduce cost um, if we find an alternative to um, to get the word out to other people's and um, especially for the people in higher income because I feel like they are not as informed as uh, other people. So if we get the word out, maybe they can... Um, get their income to this hydroelectric, more safer and healthier uh, energy. Yeah, I also think that really plays into, like, the whole actual economy with supply and demand. Because if consumers want this, companies are going to have to change and start supplying. And you see, like, solar panels especially are more common in bigger cities. Yeah. Like, cities closer to, like, Los Angeles, for example. Or maybe areas in New York. Um, But... Really, in small cities, especially like Springdale, you really have to fight for what you want. Uh, I also feel like um, people will conform to the idea of healthier energy because take an example as uh, a trend as a hydro flask. Many people wanted to save a turtle because it was a main problem that got its word out. And what did young people do? They switched to uh, metal straws, um, hydro flask. Hey, look, um, I had my hydro flask before plastics. all of that. Save yeah. the turtle stuff. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I mean, I think that's important. Um, but what really did, what actually sucked about that was that a lot of people made fun of people for that. Like at one point, oh yeah, it's a little funny, but it also kind of made it seem like people were stupid for doing you that. You have a when, metal straw when it what? was actually really helpful. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, maybe I. Maybe like, I do have a metal straw yeah. on my keychain, but at least I'm not picking is, up the plastic some, one at McDonald's. Yeah, the thing is, some people maybe did do it for like a bandwagon, but the point is, it's not plastic. It's yeah. something reusable. Not only that, but it saves businesses money, a tons of money, because of the amount of plastic that is um, they're buying for just straws. I mean, imagine like if people started kept doing that and we got rid of the metal that we have or the plastic that we have and they switched to alternatives such as metals um companies will not buy as much um plastics because they'll be like oh it's it's known like plastic is not used anymore so we don't really need to buy um a bunch of plastics so um i know this company it's called plato's closet they ask for people to um uh, bring their own bag to bag to um, reduce the plastic that they have, and also in California, one of their WalMarts, they they want to pay. You have to pay in order to get a plastic bag, and I think it's like fifty cents per bag. Um, they're also helping with um, pollution and that goes into our our rivers and oceans. Too. But yeah. it's also bad in the fact that you can go to a Walmart here and they give you a plastic bag for free, but if you want to buy a reusable bag, oh, here you go. Money. It's a dollar yeah. 50 by the way. Yeah. Oh, I feel okay. like making stuff more available will help other people because also we often see a lot of clean energy things or maybe reusable things that cost a lot more. And sometimes it is cuz the supplies, but also sometimes it's just cuz you know, it's something different than what is maybe easier. 
But also you see, like, Aldi's, um, they don't have bags at all. Yeah. They, you can bring, like, your own reusable bags. You can take stuff out to the car in your cart. You can just do all this stuff. And I think they're, that's really, they've always done that. And I feel like that's it's just that really European helpful. mindset. A European <laughs> mindset. Um, um, like we saw yesterday, did you, oh, we went on a geography uh, field trip to go test the waters. And we mm-hmm. saw a bunch and a bunch of um, plastic bag just on the trees. Yeah. And Every location yeah. we went bags, to. Bags, bottles, yeah, um, snack wrappers. Yeah. It, and there is sometimes, like, with wind, because it was very windy, um, there is stuff that maybe flies out of, like, trash cans, because I've seen it happen. But also, it also is just the cold reality of people do not throw away their trash. Yeah. Um, so maybe we could focus more on some ways to educate people more about clean energy and recycling and doing all this stuff and more ways to be informed. So they're maybe excited more about helping the planet. Well, first off, listen to this podcast. (laughs) Listen to the podcast. I feel like people, I feel like people that don't have a place to put their trash well, they go do illegal dumping. I know in Mexico, they only have one source of, like, trash system, and that's in the main capital. So if you live um, in a farther away area, such as Cancun or uh, uh, Puebla or much up in the north, you have to go to the center of Mexico to just dump your your um, trash. And if not, then you just dump it in the waters. Did you know there's a um, small island type just made out of plastic? Did you know that? There's a small island of plastic floating around. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Ocean. Yes. Is, is that islands. the garbage patch? Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, there have actually been efforts to help with that. Yeah. And they're starting to help with big, really big nets to, like, catch all this stuff. Um, and it's it's actually working. And we didn't we watch a documentary on we it did. at one point? Yeah. Um, but imagine the efforts to reduce those plastic. But how? Yeah. How can we, you know, like, we can all work with each other to reduce pollution. You know? Yeah. What and that happens just, to the fish that get trapped in those? They caught, they, they put die. the they put the fish back, but it's also just the special kind of nets that help. And usually it's also on the surface. Oh, okay. It's uh, like most of the stuff's on the surface. So they're really careful about it, yeah. but yeah. Mm. Um, so there are maybe some different sources that could be, like, really important to look at. Um, what would you say, like, some of those are? I mean, we see it with NASA. Um, NASA has a lot of articles and a lot of facts put out there. Um, we use those for the debate that we did in class. Um, NASA is giving a lot of information about the heating of the earth and the rising of the oceans. And um, um, that's really good to look at. Also, the United, the United Nations um, has a lot to say about, the, about it. What do, you guys, what do you guys think? We just got to add. USGS, um, they are a source of geographic sources. Um, I, I actually want to talk about the coronavirus and what do you guys think? I mean, I think it's definitely affected climate change a lot um like in china it's changed yeah, um 25 percent of co2 has gone down yeah they have clear skies so i guess that's a good thing but it's also um 
it's probably going to also cause problems for climate change because you see people buying all these things. They usually, you know, they don't come in reusable containers. And really, would you want to reuse some of these things when there's a pandemic? So um, I think that pretty much con- concludes it for us. I think that we pretty much made our points clear um, and that we all really need to help. Yeah? That's yeah. the solution. Yeah. We need to act. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>